So Daryl, what are your thoughts on quiet quitting? You know, <laughs> it's a bad idea. Number one, you're quitting on yourself more than you think you're quitting on the company that's not treating you right, that's not giving you the promotion, that's not, you know, being fair. Listen, over the last 30 years, I have hired and trained and developed teams in companies I've run and or in coached and consulted with companies as they have grown teams. And here's what I can tell you. Companies have to get more focused on what matters to its team members and its employees today. Everyone knows the study that most people are quitting bosses, not the company itself. But here's a couple of things I want you to consider. Let me speak, first of all, to you who are thinking about quietly quitting. What is quiet quitting? According to the latest definition of it, it's basically showing up to work and doing the bare minimum of work. Couple things, this is really bad. Two or three things that just popped to mind, having hired hundreds and hundreds of people. Number one, you're quitting on yourself. You're essentially saying that you're incapable of making a new decision about your life and in your career. I think back to the year 1999 when I was working for a company for a short period of time. And I was at an inflection point in my life, in my career, where I wanted to take my entrepreneurial journey to the next level and get dead serious about it, meaning no turning back to the corporate environment. There was no such thing as this idea of quietly quitting, just showing up, doing as little as I possibly could so I could get paid. It just makes no sense. You're quitting on you. Listen, no one is making you stay in that job. If nothing's going your way, then I often say that if things aren't going your way in that particular company, then you should A, find a new company. B, you should look inside yourself and see what it is that you're misaligned with with that company and C, go find something else to do. Whether that means go get educated, change careers, find new skills. You're not doing anything but hurting yourself. Let me give it to you from another perspective, this second thought that comes to mind. I look at resumes all year long when we are looking to bring in talented people in our company, and I say this and I've been saying it for years, your resume shows a track record of your commitment to success in your prior work. Let me tell you something I got taught in my 20s when I entered leadership and I went through a leadership training class. And I don't remember where I was. I just remember what I walked away from. And they said, whenever you look at someone's resume, look at how many jobs they have had inside the last two years. And if they've had more than four jobs inside the last two years, what makes you think they're going to stay with you? It could be that the companies had issues, but more than likely it was them. So again, whether you're quietly quitting and jumping from job to job, or whether you're just not willing to step up and make a new decision about your life, I think this first idea about quiet quitting and barely doing the work is really going to hurt you on your resume. And there are certain signs that we can tell when we're looking at team members or looking at resumes, we can tell when someone isn't committed. One of the first questions I ask, and I've said this in a episode, probably four, five, six episodes ago. One of the first questions I ask is what has you looking for a new career path today? And it's an open-ended question. And a lot of times what I'm listening for has nothing to do with this idea of a quote unquote standard interview answer about how they can help my company grow or how they can help us reach our goals. I don't want to hear any of that. What I'm interested in them articulating is what are they passionate about today? What changed in the prior role that makes them passionate about this new thing today? And it happens to be maybe they're looking at a role with our company. So this whole idea of quiet quitting, really, it's about you more than them. So be mindful of that 
look, in today's digital world, do you think the companies can't tell? We run a virtual business, right? Our company is dispersed across the United States, across uh, other countries. You think I can't tell in the project management system where they're assigned a task and they're not getting it done and the system tells me what time they finished it? I can tell it took them longer than it should have taken. You think that employers can't tell that you're not doing your job right? I mean, so listen, at the end of the day, if you're working with someone and you're working in a place where you're not getting along with the boss, you're not following the company vision, find something else to do. Last couple of thoughts. I'm going to flip it to the company side, right? As an employer now for the last 20 plus years, I can tell you that it's something that employers, small, medium, and large must take a better stance on, meaning creating an environment that your team wants to show up and not be a quiet quitter. Because what it says is it's a reflection on where you have lacked sharing vision. It's a reflection on you not having a structured process and system for team recognition and for individual advancement and rewarding those people who put in a job well done. You know, it's a very interesting economy that we're in right now, right? A lot of places and a lot of opportunities for employees today And one of the things we hear a lot about from employers and we talk about in our groups is that no one wants to work. No one wants to work. No, no, no. Employer, that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, is they're not going to tolerate the crap that maybe their parents or grandparents or great grandparents thought they had to go through because the opportunities to work in various locations, on location, off location, it's more than ever. The digital technology, technology advancement, all of the different places that now work in hybrid versus just in physical locations, there's more competition for every employee out there, for every person who wants to work for your company. I just finished a book by Patrick Lencioni called The Motive. And the short idea behind it is, as a CEO of a company, is my role as a CEO a reward-driven role or a reward-driven perspective, or is it a responsibility perspective? And what I got out of the book, again, I actually was glad that I've always felt like it was a responsibility. I've always believed that as a CEO, as an owner of a company, it's my responsibility to create a pathway for people who work in my organization to thrive in their unique gifts in route to the vision of our company, to the goals of our company. It's not to put people in seats and try to force them to work their butt off. If I can create a pathway that allows people to come in and align their talent with the vision of the future for the company, then things generally work out okay. Now, as a company, if you are seeing people quietly quitting, you need to address it. If I see it in my organization, I address it. Something else Patrick Lencioni said, which is one of the responsibilities of a leader is to go into those difficult conversations and sit down with that person who is quietly quitting or behaving in a manner where they're barely getting their work done and find out why. And maybe they're not your direct report. Maybe they are in line down in your organization somewhere. It's your job to get your manager who's managing that person to sit down with them and find out what's going on. This whole idea is stupid. Employee, if you're doing it, you're hurting yourself. Don't fool yourself that these companies that don't want to change are going to be bothered by you barely doing your work because they will just find someone else to do it. So you're better off taking a leadership position in your own personal development, in your own career skill and development, and go find somewhere that makes you happy. If you're not passionate showing up to work, that's on you, not them. Companies, finish this thought. It is important that we as organizations really take a responsibility role of making sure that we are creating an environment where people feel welcome 
where people feel rewarded, where people feel acknowledged. You know, I think about this last thought and I'll let you guys run for today. And I remember talking to someone and I knew that they had good ideas. I knew they had something to offer. And we would go in meeting after meeting after meeting and I couldn't get anything out of them. And I said to them one time in a personal one-on-one meeting, I said, listen, I know that there are things that you could add to this meeting. Why are you holding back? And it turned out that that person had been through plenty of other employment situations where the boss or the leadership didn't value the voice of their team. So they said they did until they spoke up and then their ideas were shunned. So when we as leaders encounter that, which could be maybe one of those things that could lead to someone saying, well, I'm just going to barely do what I need to do. It's our job as leaders, as CEOs, as founders, as owners of companies, as managers of people to step into that and lean into that person who you know has the capability to offer more and do more. But why are they holding back? Why are they resisting? Why are they wanting to only do the bare minimum at work? If we can do that, I think, first of all, this quiet quitting thing, it's not new. I've heard it for years and years and years. But I think if you're the person thinking of quiet quitting, you're doing yourself a disservice. And companies, if we don't decide to fix the problems that would lead to our team quietly quitting, uh, that's on us. And it's a double-edged sword, but it's all bad. It's bad for both sides. Anyway, I'll see you on another episode of Mindshift Monday. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.